Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield and not with host Merritt Hamilton Allen. I think this is the first time that Merritt, uh, that I've been on the show without Merritt. I know she's done a couple episodes with uh, her without me and she probably enjoyed that. But uh, Merritt is uh, leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when she'll be back again. Actually, yeah, she'll be back on, t- she's uh, leaving D.C., um, and she'll be back on Tuesday because we've got lots of cool things going on here at, uh, at our company, Vox Optima, which uh, Merritt's uh, deeply involved in some um, executive brand training. And uh, she, she was in town for that this week, and she's going to be in town again for that next week and a whole lot over the next coming months. So that's good for for seeing the boss and, um, and, uh, and I'll be involved a little bit with her as well. And so, uh, so that's, that's great, but, uh, no merit today. She's, uh, hopping on a plane to head back to Albuquerque. Uh, and, uh, anyway, welcome to the show. It's, uh, the first of April, first of April. Yeah. It's an April fool's show. It's the first of February. And I was, I was looking up, I was, I've never really bothered to look up what the heck, uh, why February has 28 days. And so I went and I looked it up on, um, mentalfloss.com and I thought it would be a pretty simple answer but it, it gets really complicated as to why there are 28 days uh, I won't go into all the details because it'll just bore you um, uh, but uh, but at any rate there were uh, apparently initially there were only like 10 months going back to uh, you know 700 and some years BC um, and uh, or BCE depending on how you look at it um, but uh, they didn't even have they just had 10 months. They just, when, the, when the winter time came, they just said, uh, to heck with it. The farmer said, to heck with it. We're not even going to pay attention until the spring. And then they tacked on uh, some months at the end. And basically, I think it came down to a math problem. They go, you know what? We kind of we, we have all these months we've added up, uh, but we're kind of short on days to, um, to, to match up with the sun's rotation. And, and so they tacked on uh, February. That's kind of the short version. So 28 days, uh, except when you have leap year. When you have 29, this is not a leap year. Next year, I think, is a leap year. Um, and uh, then there's the leap second. There, just there is not going to be a leap second this year to keep the calendar uh, intact. But anyway, enough of that stuff. Uh, here in uh, the national capital region, it is uh, snowing a little bit today. So there's a little bit of snow on the ground this morning. And um, I was thinking about this week where uh, <clears throat> uh, the, the, the federal government on, uh, on uh, Tuesday, was it Tuesday afternoon? Where they where they closed the offices uh, two hours early, um, but there was really nothing on the ground. And then the next morning, they opened up three hours late. And uh, I was I remember driving into the office, and uh, and my wife called me, and uh, and I was driving in, and, and uh, she's over in Italy right now, and she's like, uh, "Well, how how are things?" And I go, "Well, it's uh, you know it's a little treacherous. I have to put my visor down to block the sun." There was not a drop of liquid of any solid or or liquid water on the roads, but uh, that's just the way it goes. I remember when we lived in Indianapolis. It was uh, it was uh, it got to minus twenty seven one day, and the government didn't close. Minus twenty seven degrees. I mean, it was, you'd get the snow where you know you take your kids to the to the to the bus stop, and you have to like keep your eye on them so they wouldn't get lost in a snowdrift or something. Okay, that's a little bit hyperbole, but still, 
uh, here we are in national capital region and uh, a, dust, a dusting can cause this cause things to shut down. Anyway, today we're going to, and, and shortly we're going to be talking about something we talked a few weeks ago about, which is, um, which is publishing and, uh, and uh, novel writing and things of that sort that uh, we did. We talked with my good friend, uh, James Slater a few weeks ago and about his adventure into uh, getting published and, uh, and putting out novels and writing and such, and and how you go about that, uh, both from from, from a, a personal aspect, but also you know how, how are you going to go about getting this thing sold, uh, getting it out into the marketplace. So we'll be talking uh, with uh, with someone with a, with a good friend of ours um, uh, in a while, in a little while, uh, Troy Miller, and and who also has a uh, a pen name. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, I was thinking this morning about uh, the show, and I was thinking about uh, also, uh, actually yesterday, uh, I had uh, reason, which I don't have very often to uh, anymore, to go to the mall, the local mall, and uh, of course there's, uh, there's Sears, sort of. Um, the big box stores, they're all like going away. So these major brands, and this is a brand ambassador, so you might as well talk about it for a second. The major brands, where are they going? They're all, so many iconic brands have gone by the wayside, if there's a big box uh, mall heaven, you know they got a hell of a food court, or something like that. At any rate, um, Sears. Can you? It just, it just seems. It, it just in a weird way. I don't go to Sears or any of the mall stores much anymore at all. But um, but the idea that there won't be a Sears, there won't be a Craftsman. Maybe there will be a Craftsman. I have no idea how they're doing that. But they're gone years ago. Of course, Woolworths and then the automobile brands, <clears throat> Oldsmobile, Pontiac. Airlines, all the airlines that are gone, Pan Am, TWA, which were like, they, they felt like they'd be around forever. And, uh, and so the world is changing so much. What about in, in our business, in the, in, the, in the communication business, what about uh, the big one, uh, Eastman Kodak? Whoever thought that, uh, that Kodak would go away when we were in the middle of doing our jobs as uh, photographers and and actually Troy was a, is a was a photographer's made in the Navy, so we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about that. We'll see. Um, computer companies, Compaq, uh, other technology companies, Magnavox, and then the then the big box stores for 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 electronics like uh, Crazy Eddie, The Wiz, Circuit City, all these stuff, all these gone by the wayside, and it's just um, it's I, I whether for good or for bad, a lot of it has to do with our friends at Amazon, and it's interesting. <clears throat> I was thinking about this too. So yesterday, the, 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 the how spoiled we have become about having things delivered to you, and I think we can blame it all on Amazon. Um, I remember years and years ago when I was in the Navy, and um, we I, w- I was working in a particular place, and um, and a um, a battery belt came in. So these battery belts, these big, super ridiculously heavy belts that had little, you know, not little, big batteries all around the belt and, and, and it had a cable to connect to your video camera and that's, you know, because those cameras sucked up a lot of juice back then. Anyway, so uh, one day um, a battery belt comes in uh, and shipped into us at the station and it didn't fit any camera. That's because somebody must have ordered it like eight months earlier and it finally came in and by the time it came in, the cameras to which it was they were designed were no longer even in the station and and so um, that takes us fast forward to yesterday, when uh, I had the, uh, well, I was getting all kinds of upset. Merit was too, actually, because we had three deliveries coming in: one from FedEx, one from uh, from uh, UPS, and one from the U.S. Postal Service. And uh, one of them was from B H B and H uh, Photo and Video, and the other was from Amazon. 
and just how ridiculously spoiled we've become. I certainly have. Where, well, come on now. I ordered the doggone thing. So the B and H thing. I ordered something from B and H uh, two days ago, and, 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 and they were delivering it the next day, and then it didn't come in until two days later. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm going to have to complain to those folks. They said it was going to. I ordered at 3 p.m. yesterday. Why isn't it here at 10 o'clock in the morning? Well, then, then we're getting upset with the uh, with the uh, UPS, not the with the UPS and the uh, and the uh, FedEx guys for uh, coming by the office and uh, dropping by and and not and not staying around longer than about 10 seconds at the at, after they knock on the door uh, or not ring the doorbell. How how spoiled we've become because of our friends at Amazon. So then you think about Amazon, and I remember when Amazon started out, um, they were initially doing videos and music and books, and then what happened to the bookstores? All the bookstore brands, how much fun it used to be uh, to go just spend an hour in a bookstore and just go around and look at stuff, and you may not even buy anything. You had Remember, there was B. Dalton, the big, and then there was Borders, of course, big, the, the big ones, the things you think would never go away, Crown Books. Um, then there's that Family Christian Stores. Uh, they had, they're not allowed. Walden Books. They were always in the mall, and they're long gone. And our friends Amazon uh, came along and 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 uh, and and took it over. And uh, it's at least that's what it seems to me. I think uh, what is it? Uh, Barnes and Noble is still around. Thank goodness, they're still. There's still a few of those stores around, but uh, life has changed thanks to our friends at Amazon. So you could look upon that as a both, you know, a positive and a negative. Uh, negative because you think of all the, uh, the 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 traditional retail that seems to have gone by the wayside and the empty stores and empty malls and such. Um, but on the upside, if you taking it back to the topic of the day, if I can do that. Um, uh, there has been, a, you know, big change. We talked to James Slater several weeks ago about his his uh, venture into publishing. Uh, he's self-publishing and uh, using Amazon to do it, and he's doing some fascinating things. And you know, so he has his book. He gets it. He has both a, both the the you know the e-reader version, the Kindle version, and he has actual hard copy versions. But they're but they're produced one at a time. So when someone orders a book online from James. Uh, his book Klaustrum, his first novel, um, they order it and they get a physical book in the mail and it's a few days and uh, and it's printed on demand. So it's amazing what you can do. And plus for the, for the and we'll talk to, I'll talk to Troy. I don't know what Troy's situation is. We're going to find out about what he's doing with regard to uh, how he's intending to publish, whether he's going to use the traditional uh, route um, or use the, the newfangled uh, self-publishing route. But I know that for... Um, one of the upsides of being a publisher, a book publisher, on Amazon is, um, you know, your your uh, royalties are are much higher. I think they're like seventy cents on the dollar or something like that, compared to probably ten, fifteen cents on the dollar for a traditionally published book. And then the time frame. I mean, the the day you put it up, you can start selling, as opposed to, you know, the other things you have to do uh, when you're trying to do it um, the traditional route. So we're going to look, we're going to find out about uh, what Troy's doing uh, with all of these things. Uh, so anyway, Troy Miller. We uh, just so you know, uh, this is somebody that uh, that I uh, got to know uh, about. Uh, let me see, seven, eight years ago, when Troy and I started working together, he worked for Vox Optima for a time, uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then uh, moved on to uh, another company, and then uh, he, he became a, a government employee and uh, doing uh, working in the industry that uh, that uh, we we hired him for initially. That I still very much love, which is digital signage. Um, so we're going to be talking to my good friend uh, and uh, former colleague 
and now um, a budding novelist, uh, Troy Miller, and we'll talk about his uh, his pen name, too. Uh, so we'll be doing that in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to the Brand Ambassadors without Merritt Hamilton Allen this week, who's uh, traveling back to to Albuquerque, uh, but you've got yours, yours truly, Gary Ponderfield, with you for the next 45 minutes or so, and uh, if uh, you want to talk to Troy, you want to talk to Gary, or you want to do whatever you want to do, give us a call at 866-472-5790, uh, drop me an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com, and uh, we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, and uh, today we're we're joined by uh, an old friend of mine and uh, former Vox Optima colleague, uh, Troy Miller. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to talk to you. And uh, but first, before we get it too far, so when we first met, when Troy and I first met, where did we have like a go to a coffee shop or something when we first met? That, that when I was, I believe it was Panera in- Bread. 
Ah, uh, we went to Panera Bread. Okay, so so we went and we talked about things, but very quickly we realized that uh, you know, and and I think you should give me a lot of credit for 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 recommending to hire you, Troy, because forget about your talent. Forget that. Forget that. You are you are a diehard Steelers and Pirates fan, and I mean, and that's just you know, and, and me having the just being so so kind as to say, yeah, Merritt, let's hire this guy, despite the fact that he's a that he's going to give me crap about the Steelers and the and the Ravens and then Pirates and the Orioles. We won't even talk about the Orioles. Um, well, maybe we will. Uh, but uh, so yeah, diehard diehard Steelers and uh, and and Pirates fan and. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about you as the season was winding down this year, uh, Troy. I just thought I'd tell you that. I was thinking about you fondly. Well, you know, it, it's funny you bring that up, Gary, because before I called in, I was thinking, how can I weave the 1979 Pirates into the conversation? And you helped me out. <laughs> well, there you go. I was at, I was at that series. And uh, what a heartbreak that was. We are family and all that nonsense. Yep. <laughs> you know, that anyway, was the, that was the world first World Series where the away team won the World Series in Game Seven. Yeah, because we had that uh, that uh, that relief pitcher Stan. Um, what the heck was his last name? It drove everybody nuts, and and of course we lost. Any enough of that? I, that I'm blocking that out of my mind. Forget. That. I'm just thinking about this year. I'm just thinking about this year and uh, and 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 your and your beloved uh, Steelers implosion. That's all. But enough of that. Enough of that. Well, anyway, Troy. Hey, thanks for coming on. No, I see. I cut you off. How many bulls did Ravens win so far? <laughs> We've got two, and we're, we're we're let's not worry about the past. You know, when Terry Bradshaw was twelve or something. Come on, move forward. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show. And and so you know, I've got to tell you. So here's another thing about about you, Troy. And um, when you first when I first learned that you were you were pursuing uh, writing a novel, I was like, no, this cannot be Troy Miller pursuing a novel because you know you're you in terms of official um non-fiction writing it's just not your it's not what you want to do you it was never something you know you it, it'd be like taking medicine and then there you turn around and you get into writing non-fiction tell me troy how in the world is that possible well i like i like fic- writing fiction better than non-fiction because with fiction i get to make things up <laughs> That's you know, kind of the definition there. Yeah, especially if I, um, I I mainly write in science fiction, so if I need a shrink ray that needs to shrink somebody, I can make it up. Whereas in you know nonfiction, I can't can't do that. I have to be fact based and true all the way through. And and me, I like to think outside the box and and make things up. You know, it, it's fun um, creating new worlds and new characters and. And it's a blast for me of, you know, coming up with something new that you haven't seen before or or creating characters that actually becomes part of your family. You know, it was uh, when I was uh, uh, young, I was uh, and um, my first I didn't really pay much attention to science fiction. I watched Star Trek, the original when it was, you know, when I was young and it was out and, and, and certainly saw Star Wars when it came out and they were good. They were okay, but they weren't really they weren't that compelling to me, although uh, but but I will say. Uh, then at some point, someone um, gave me uh, "Stranger in a Strange Land" by Heinlein, 
And, um, and that blew me away because so, so what I took from the reason I became interested in science fiction was because it was for in, in that case, or they, as they sometimes call speculative fiction, which I kind of like, because in that case, you're saying, okay, there's something I want to say, but I can't say it in, in the reality of the world we have now. But if I use the science fiction, I can tell stories, I can tell things, ideas that, that, uh, you know that, that I couldn't do otherwise. That's, so that's how I got into it and, and interested in it. Um, but uh, so, how did you get into interested in science fiction when you were young? I would have to say it was my grandfather, um, my maternal grandfather Earl Lee. He, um, yes, his, his name is Earl Lee. He always said, no matter what time he arrived at some place, he was always Earl Lee. I like it. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Pop, we used to watch the Star Trek, what was on through syndication, and Lost in Space, and oh yeah, you know a few others out there. And I watch it with him, and and he's the one that taught me to enjoy the science fiction, uh, as well as my father. He he watched science fiction as well. But I think one of the biggest things that got me was uh, 1977, I believe, um, Star Wars. Star Wars. When that came out, yes, when, when Star Wars came out, my father worked at the Sherman Theater at the time in Stroudsburg. And my mom, I wanted to see this, you know, the, show, the movie every night. So my mom says, you can go on three conditions. One, I have no problem getting you up in the morning for school. Two, you have um, all your homework done before going. And three, that my grades don't fall, that they go up. Well, my mom wished that Star Wars would have um, stayed in the theater until I graduated med school. <laughs> because the minute Star Wars came off the screen, mom had problems getting me up in the morning for school. And, <laughs> and your grades went down the tubes, and there you go. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's good, though. I mean, so... <clears throat> Yeah, um, yeah, I, I certainly, indeed, remember remember when Star Wars came out and what a, just a ridiculous phenomenon that was. Um, but yeah, but and so I have to, I, I do it for, personally. I have to give credit to uh, to science fiction for getting me more engaged in 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 uh, reading fiction, and then it you know became kind of obsessive for me um, to read fiction. And of course, now we're saying like, read what, what's this read stuff? Who's who's reading anymore? Um, uh, so. Uh, I, I've you've been doing I've, one of the things. This shows that the brand ambassadors, and one of the things we're trying to do here is talk about how you actually get something out. And we're going to so we're going to bounce back and forth, probably Troy, all over the place. But uh, one thing you're doing uh, is in Facebook, and I should say you. It is uh, the other you, the pen name you. We'll get to that in a minute. But we but but um, uh, I you so you're blogging. That's one method you're using. You're putting things on Facebook, uh, nice long uh, blog posts that talk about things so you can learn a lot about your, your, what's going into what you're doing and how you're getting there. But I have to say, I just pulled, I had to, I, I, I pulled out one of the lines in one of them. Um, was, it, was it your grandfather or somebody else? Who was the one who, about what makes a movie great? Car chases, explosions, and a bare woman's top? <laughs> that would be my uncle. Oh, your uncle. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, so, and and you were writing that you're. I think you're going to have the car chases and the explosions, but you're probably passing on the bear woman's top. I guess. Uh, for now. <laughs> <laughs> when you become big, successful, it's it's going to be it's going to change the entire order. It'll be bear woman's top, yeah. explosions, and maybe a car chase. <laughs> 
so 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 now we, we I've been teasing it and not talking about it, but um, um, I, let, let's talk. Let's g- give me the reason. So number one, why have you come up? Have you decided to use a pen name? And then after that, I, I want to hear. And you can just maybe segue into it as to how you came upon your 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 pen name. Okay, um, yeah, my, my pen name, E.J. Dales. Um, I'm one that, when I wrote my book, Forbidden Shadows, I put a lot of Easter eggs in there. Um, some of them people would know, who know me would know the Easter eggs, some only I know. But it doesn't stop inside the book. It's also on, on my pen name of E.J. Dales. Uh, my grandfather, as mentioned earlier, his name was Earl Jesse Lee Jr. And he was growing up was always called EJ. And my other grandfather, David Lester Miller, he was an artist of watercolor painting, and he would sign his paintings VA from David, LES from Lester, Dales. So in honor of my two grandfathers who helped me um, fall in love with storytelling and, and all, both of them, they, um, I, I came up with the name EJ Dales. Well, I have to tell you, it is, it is, it's kind of mysterious. It's kind of catchy. Um, so congratulations on that. So that's, 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 that's a cool, when I first saw it, by the way, uh, on Facebook and I'm invited, I'm like, who's this guy? I said, well, it's some writer. And then I know who this is. I figured it out. <laughs> it's my buddy. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, but why are you, why, why, what's, what's the motivation for you to use EJ Dales other than I, obviously you're honoring your grandparents. Uh, two grandfathers, but um, uh, is there some other reason for using a pen name rather than uh, good old-fashioned Troy Miller? Well, you know, Miller is a a very common name out there, and do you remember the movie Jack Frost with Michael Keaton? Yes. Late 90s? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the details of it. I think I probably blocked it from my mind, but no, go ahead. Yeah, and then um, you heard of um, Parks and Recreation, the television show? Yeah. Yeah, and the rest of development. Well, okay. Here, I know where we're going. I know where we're going here. Go ahead. <laughs> there's a director producer by the name of Troy Miller, and I mean he's done things like the opening movies on Academy Award shows. You know, so yeah, I got um, you. So try to stay. I you know I wanted to stay away from that and. So, I mean, I, I don't think there would be any confusion, but you never know these days. Well, you know, from the marketing perspective, you should, maybe you should have stayed with it. You go, oh, it's that guy from the from the Academy Award movie thing and, and Jack Frost and uh, Parks and Recreation. He wrote a book. I'll, I'll buy it. And then they find it's you. That could have that could have worked, buddy. Yeah, that could have. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's no, but no, that makes perfect sense. You know, if you, if you have a name that's, uh, that, that sounds like it's common, but, but, but is not, but is not common, like my name, Gary Potterfield there, I'm like the, I'm the, I'm like the lone Gary Potterfield on planet earth, uh, as far as I know. Uh, and so, uh, it wouldn't be, it, if someone typed my name, they wouldn't be confused with somebody else. So in your case, I get it. It makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, Troy Miller. Troy is not as common, but uh, but Miller is is a little bit more. So that, that that's a logical reason. Well, thanks for clearing so that up I, for me. Go ahead. I know that there's this one writer. I forget her name, but her last name is Potter. And when she um, was trying to get published, that was when Harry Potter was a big deal. So her agent said, "You need to have a pen name." Ah. Uh. 
particularly since her first name was Harry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Harry, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Hey, Troy, we're going to take a break. Um, we are talking uh, with E.J. Dales, who's also, who also goes by the name Troy Miller uh, among his friends uh, and, and co-workers. And we're talking about uh, his, his, his novel writing experience and uh, Forbidden Shadows, his first book. We're going to talk more about We're going to dig into the book, and then we're going to dig into more about the marketing of it. Um, when we come back. So you're listening to The Brand Ambassadors. You want to talk to Troy, give us a call, drop us a line. You know the numbers, you know the, uh, the email address, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin, good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I am Gary Potterfield, and as I noted at the beginning of the show, Merritt Hamilton Allen, our host, is uh, is flying back to Albuquerque. Today we're talking with um, 
uh, with writer E.J. Dales, also known as Troy Miller, uh, about uh, his uh, his novel writing experience, his new novel, uh, his first novel, *Reverberating Shadows*. And um, so, Troy, I'm a, I'm in the I'm I'm a member of the you know half a novelist club, you know, like probably like half of all of humanity. You know, I've got that I've got that half a novel that's in the that's in the uh, virtual desk drawer actually on my computer. Uh, but you decided to go to the, the, the you decided to leave that club and go to the actual I actually you actually wrote one. How hard was it to how hard was it when you finally decided to sit down and, and write a novel? Well, I, I've been writing off and on since I think the earliest I can remember is fifth grade when our English teacher gave us a writing prompt where we walk into some science lab, drank a potion and you began to float. And I had fun writing that story, although the teacher, I think, gave me like a C- minus or a D plus. And But then in sixth grade, a different English teacher gave us a writing prompt, and it happened to be the exact same writing prompt as the one in fifth grade. So I, um, I <clears throat> was being lazy, I guess, and I copied my old paper word for word, made no changes to it. And there I got like a high B or a low A, I forget. But it's funny how different people read something and grade you differently just because of possibly the genre or the or your writing style or something. But that that's the earliest I can remember with writing. And But then um, three years ago, I decided that I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to do what it needs to take to get published. Okay, so so uh, so, how long did it take to write? Uh, how long? Uh, obviously, the writing process is it, it, it never quite feels done, but <clears throat> until it's actually completely published. But but um, you know, how long did it take to get to the point of a solid, real first draft? Well, November is known as National Novel Writing Month, and there's yes. something called Nano Nano Yes, Nano Rimo, and. In 2000 and what 2015, I went to my writers group, uh, KBC Writers, there in Virginia Beach, and they mentioned about this um, Nano Remo. You know, it was our October meeting, and so I thought I'm going to take the challenge. Fifty thousand words, I can do that. Sure. Well, it's a little bit tougher than I thought, but I managed to finish the end of the month with sixty thousand words, and Excellent. two weeks later, I had the first rough draft done. There you go. That's yeah, yeah. I've I've I, I, I fits and starts where I was going to do the do the do the challenge and didn't and didn't do it, but I did it separately. But but that's great. That's a, so that that must have been a really great feeling of accomplishment to to, to have it done. It was, um, but it, it's funny now. If if I would go back and look at that first draft and then look at my current draft, which is I think around revision twelve or thirteen. There be there's some major differences. It's like a whole new book, practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it, that's kind of like the way you know. If, if you think about writer's block of any kind, fiction, nonfiction, you know, it's the blank page syndrome. So once you, once you actually have something down, so you know, you could have something down that's, that's just completely not what you're going to ultimately write, but it's down, and you can go from there. Going from zero is the problem. So you you weren't at zero. You had sixty thousand, sixty some thousand words, and you could tear them apart. I, this is just me speculating. I don't know if that's how it happened for you, but 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 going from something rather than going from nothing. 
Right. Yeah. So how many? So if so, how many words is the is the is the current version of Forbidden Shadows? <laughs> um, I sent I sent my manuscript to an editor a few months ago, and when I sent it to her, it was like a hundred seven thousand or one hundred seven thousand words. And currently now it's down to about a hundred thousand, which is still a little high for my genre for young adult. So that's an important point there. You're, let, let's get this. So you're 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 in a subgenre that is what young adult science fiction, young adult fiction. What's the what's the what is the uh, the genre or subgenre called? Young adult science fiction is what I'm going for. So is the, is is uh, how does that rank in terms? I, I mean, uh, obviously, I think you were going to write science fiction regardless, and maybe you were going to write young science fiction regardless. But um, uh, I would imagine that that's a pretty popular um, genre. It is for for I'm, for my understanding, uh, science fiction for young adults is is a genre that is going upwards. Um, they want more of it, so hopefully I'm hitting the, the market at the right moment. Well, that's good. Now, a lot of writers, uh, you know, do, use different methods to get to the point where they're, you know, they're smooth polishing their work and getting it where it needs to be, and there's a lot of different options. I heard you say that you, you, you know, you sent it to an editor. So how did that go? What was the, what, so you, you took your, you, you decided to what, to go to a professional uh, editor to, to do a review uh, at a cost, or was it just, how, what's, you don't have to go into detail, but what's the, how did that come about? Well, my, my first, you know, I'm, I'm whole new, right? I mean, I wrote, like I said, many years, but this is the first time I'm trying to write a novel or get it published. So I'm learning a lot of lessons. So my first editors was um, a girl I worked with at work and an English teacher I had back in junior or senior high school. Okay. And so they were my, my first editors, and pretty much they did the copy editing, you know, checking for misspellings and typos and punctuation and, and stuff like that. But I felt it was not enough because there's things that you have to be careful of, like plot points and right. character arcs and, and stuff like that. The inciting moment. And, and I had found out that I had... The first two beginnings that I wrote were beginnings that publishers would immediately, or agents would immediately you know, toss the manuscript aside. One was the person looking in the mirror at the reflection, and the other one is someone waking up from a dream. So those are the so, folks. You got you heard it here. If you if you've written the great American novel and it begins with you looking your character looking in the mirror or waking up from a dream, you can put it on the put it on the fireplace. It's a goner, right? Yes. Okay, so you so you sent to a professional editor. So you sent to a professional editor, and uh, and and uh, is that, um, yeah. So so what did she did she did she just uh, you know redline the whole thing, tear it apart? I mean, I mean, how I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, how much did you get out of that experience? Well, I sent it to the editor, and she checked. It was it's what we call a developmental edit. So yeah, she was looking about for grammar and stuff like that, but her main focus was on character arcs and plot points and stuff like that. And I had a lot of re- a lot of rewriting to do, but 
you know, it, I learned a lot from that. And well, but then, what's that? No, no, go ahead. But then, once I got everything all ready, I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready for beta readers. So I sent my book out to um, different people to, re- to read it and give me feedback on it. And, boy, let me tell you, the ones that really gave me the good feedback were the teenagers that read it. Ah. Your target audience. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, I did some major editing and rewrites and changing. So to be on the safe side, I sent it to a different editor for another developmental edit. And it wasn't as harsh as the first one because I had a lot of the nuts and bolts already in. But, it, you know, it was still another learning experience and, and all. So and no, that's then, good. And then my no, next cute. step is for copy editing. So, so, um, you know, looking looking on your, on your Facebook page, and and when we wrap up the show, I want you to share with everyone um, that information. But you know, the contact information and such. But um, uh, looking on there, you know, the things that are required, particularly in uh, in in young adult science fiction, um, you've you, you know, you've got artwork. I mean, um, so so, and it's really cool looking artwork. I mean, it it, it almost I imagine when you saw the artwork come back. You must maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. That maybe the first time you went, "Wow, this is a real thing." I've created something that actually exists now. There's a world here. Am I right about that? Well, absolutely. You know, the, these characters I create, as I said earlier, they become a family. They they become real to you. And when I saw those uh, images, the illustrations, the artwork that the various artists did, it brought them to life all that much more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but that's the requirement. I mean, it, it, now, uh, I mean, uh, are the 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 imagery is that just going to be cover art, or is that going to be inside the, the 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 body of the of the novel? How does that work? Right now, I'm just using it for, um, for lack of a better word, marketing purposes. You know. Well, there you go. You that's what the show's about to a certain extent. So right, that's good to know. Because when you post something on Facebook, what's going to catch attention first? Just text or a picture? Yeah, and oh, by the way, I noticed you used your digital signage uh, content creation skills to create a little uh, motion stuff going on there. I saw that, too. Don't think I didn't notice, uh, Troy. (laughs) I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. That was all Facebook doing it. (laughs) Facebook did that? So yeah. now, heck, they may you may you may be out of business, you know, in your in your day job. What the hell? They're doing they're doing your they're doing your signage work for you now. Oh my goodness! Well, anyway, hey, you know what? So we've got uh, we we are we are wrapping up this current uh, this current uh, segment. We have one more, and uh, I'm going to ask you some. Now we're we're, we're going to take this uh, Troy to the next part where we're going to talk about you know how you are going about. Uh, marketing and what you're going to do and 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 how we're going to get this uh, out there to get on the bestseller list. So, so that's what we're going to do when we come back. So you're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, and um, we're going to be back with you in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. When business people think PR, they usually think spin, good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. 
At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the show. I'm Gary Potterfield, and again, uh, Merritt Hamilton Allen. She'll be back next week on the show. Today, we're talking uh, to uh, Troy Miller, also known as E.J. Dales, about his uh, his his first novel, Forbidden Shadows. And uh, I'll give you a warning, uh, Troy. This segment goes by in a flash. It will be so. So we're gonna we're we're gonna go for the the the, the light, lightning round and give a rel- relatively uh, concise comments. Not that I'm talking concisely now, but. Tell me, tell us, tell the listeners right now. Give us the, uh, give us the plot. What's Forbidden Shadows about? Well, it takes place 150 years in the future, and there's people that have technology in them in their brain um, that can enhance their abilities in certain aspects, depending what technology they have, and they're considered illegal. And if caught, their technology has to be removed. And the survival rate for that isn't very good. And my protagonist, Asher Smizik, he lived in a safe haven for 16 years until hybrid hunters raided and he had to go out and hide among people that wanted to kill his kind. Okay. Sounds cool. Sounds exciting. Um, so, so, uh, now let's take your, now let's take Forbidden Shadows and Shadow, is it Shadow or Shadows? 
Yeah, you know, I, I was playing with the title many times, and right now it's it's, it's Forbidden Shadows. Okay. Um, so, uh, where are you in the process, and 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 what is your method? What are, are you? First of all, are you? It, it sounds to me like you're trying to go to the traditional publishing route. Is that so? Uh, yes, I'm going to try traditional first, and it, learn my lessons where, there, and continue. Where are you forward. in that process? Uh, I'm still on revising. I. I'm doing a read-through for my last editor, and I made her corrections, so now I'm doing a read-through to catch any mistakes that I might have made during the revision, and then I'm going to set into a, a copy editor. So what, and, and from what you've learned, uh, and again, we talked to James Slater uh, several weeks ago about his experience and what he's done, um, but uh, I see you know, you're, you're quite active in, on, on uh, E.J. Dale's own Facebook page and you're doing lots of things you're putting artwork up you're putting you're doing blog posts what needs to go into for those who want to do the marketing and 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 create a brand as a writer uh, you know what what are the things you need to do other than oh well just writing what do you need to do to 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 move the process along to become a successful novelist well it's different for many people i'm sure it depends on on the genre you write but it's, it's nowadays you have to start marketing before your book is even published, um, or even if you, you know, I don't even have an agent yet, and I'm already start marketing uh, because one, you know, if an agent looks at me and sees I have a, a big Facebook following and I've been doing A, B, and C, I'm more likely to get picked up because I already have a following than one that does not. So how are you developing that following? Is it, is it via the blog posts? What, what, what all are you doing to, do, to begin to develop that, that following? And, 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 and what do you have to give that following to keep them following? I mean, you have to give them some tidbits. You've got to give them some stuff, right, in terms of Correct. content? I, I, I'm in the very beginning stages of marketing myself, I guess you can say. And uh, with, so I'm on Facebook and so I'm giving them, you know, capturing their attention with the beautiful illustrations by various artists I had done and tidbits about the book, tid, you know, tidbits about some of the Easter eggs that I have in the book, including my pen name, E.J. Dales. So I'm starting that route, and my next step is trying to get a website up and running. Right. Yeah, you got to get that. you got to get that thing going, and... Um... And uh, how much, I mean, how much of your free time is taken up by trying to do this? Uh, depends what stage I'm in. If I'm in the writing stage, I'm probably writing for maybe for at least an hour or two a day. At least. Mm-hmm. Well, what time uh, of day do you write? I'm curious. What, what, time of, what time of day do you write? Are you a morning or an afternoon or evening person? Um, I prefer morning. But unfortunately, because I have a day job, it's more late afternoon, evening, um, and on the weekend. James, James is his. He wrote his thing. His thing is he wrote. He wrote pretty much wrote the entire his entire first novel and and uh, now second one that he's he's got a draft out um, on the uh, commuter bus. He, so he writes like an hour every every morning. Um, I, I actually wrote a screenplay, a, a, sh- a short screenplay, my master's uh, thesis program uh, on on the bus, and I, I found it, it was, you know, you have this, you have this, uh, you know, fixed amount of time, and it goes by. But uh, uh, I mean, do you have to have some discipline there, where you go, okay, this is when I start, this is when I finish, or is it just you just grab whatever time you can? 
But, you know, it's funny, too. I've been doing some research, and another marketing strategy, believe it or not, for especially for first-time um, writers who don't have their name out there yet, is even though you're working on book one, make sure you have book two and even book three in the process so they know that there's going to be more than just a um, one-hit wonder, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, th- I think that's because... Uh, you know, as readers of books, you, and you you learn, you, you know, you, I tend toward books anymore that have a, that are a series because you're looking, you go, if you read the first one and you not, don't care for it, oh, that's fine. But if you do and you, and you become engaged with the characters or the, or the, or the world that they're in, you want book two and book three. And, and, and of course you as a writer, you go, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a lot harder to come up with a whole new world every time. Um, than it is to say, okay, now where am I going to take these characters? So, right, yeah, right. I th- yeah. And again, in my in my halfway there uh, situation, I did the same thing. I was like, I already know that there's places I want the characters to go, um, and 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 of course, I think another thing, uh, you have to like your characters, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And with with me, I this past November for Nano Remo, I wrote book two. It's you know very first rough copy, the sloppy copy you can call it, and then I have like the first four chapters written for book, book three, and then book four is in the kiln inside my head starting to cook and ferment and stuff. Well, that's terrific, man. That is terrific. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, proud of you, glad I've got to know you over the years. Uh, real quick, uh, Troy Miller, also known as E.J. Dales, tell people how they can get a hold of you, how they can uh, learn more about Forbidden Shadows, uh, because we're about to wrap up this episode. Yeah, all they have to do is go on Facebook, uh, look up E.J. Dales, D-A-L-E-S, or they can look up Pocono Hybrid, P-O-C-O-N-O-H-Y-B-R-I-D. I saw, by the way, that you you used that somewhere in your uh, in some sort of a uh, a shield or something or a logo or something, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's an email thing. So, well, that's terrific, Troy. I um, I'm. Uh, Really happy for you. Um, I know you're going to find success with it, and uh, I'm looking forward to following you and talking about it and uh, and having you on again when when you get to that place where you've uh, finally gotten published. Um, and uh, it's inspirational. Um, I'm, I guess I'll have to finish mine. Come up uh, in, in in the November time frame when when the Nanorimo comes along. So, uh, Troy Miller, thanks for joining us on uh, the Brand Ambassadors and. Um, uh, all aspects of, uh, of of a brand or, or marketing and all that we try to cover on the show, and uh, and this was part of it. So thanks again for, for being on the show. Um, Thank you for having me, Gary. Absolutely. Uh, this is the Brand Ambassadors, and I'm Gary Ponderfield. Next week, Merritt's going to be back in the saddle, and, uh, and who knows where we'll take things. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Ponderfield, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.